Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heal Thyself, my favorite show, hopefully your favorite show. Tuning in, bringing love to everyone. Thank you for taking time out of your day and uh, really opening yourself to learning all of this information and spreading it. What a beautiful thing we're doing here. All right. Last week, I got into the pillars of health, and they're something that I formulated over the years in my profession and my experience, and I put them together, and uh, we went over half of them. This week, we're going to go over the other half. All equally as important, uh, some, some more accessible than the others, but really, I try to make them really easy so we can do them all. Um, so I really, really hope that you all can just really hear these, let them sink in, let them marinate, and then start incorporating them in your life, all right? So without further ado, I'm really excited for this. Let's go into these pillars of health in the Knowledge Bomb. Pillar of health, number seven. All right, we already went over six. Last show, number seven, is going to be grounding and earthing. How much you hear me talk about this? I talk about this because it's so cheap, so accessible, and so powerful, right? It's one of the cheapest interventions of all, and uh, it's powerful, as I mentioned. 2012 study in the Environmental Public Health Journal, the authors state this. It is established, though not widely appreciated fact, that the Earth's surface possesses a limitless and continuous renewed supply of free and mobile electrons. The surface of the planet is electrically conductive and its negative potential is maintained by the global atmospheric electrical circuit. All right, we know we're electrical beings, so this makes sense. So we know that grounding helps because of the electrical circuit, the Earth's ground, the surface is covered in it, which becomes conductive to us as energetic beings. So what do we know that helps with? Sleep, okay, we know it helps with circadian rhythms. Stress, it balances our cortisol, it helps our parasympathetic nervous system balance, rest, and digest. I've talked about that before in the last episode. Pain, it helps reduce pain in subjects in their subjective measures. Um, protects against electromagnetic disruptions, right? We're talking about EMFs. It's called the umbrella effect. It protects us. Improved heart rate variability, right? This is measures of stretch, stress response in the body. Reduction in inflammation. Reduction in fasting glucose. A possible reduction in the primary indicators of osteoporosis and a reduction in blood viscosity. That means the thickness in your blood. And we know that it helps immune function. It's cheap, accessible, and we can all do it right? There's some things, there's, there's some studies on grounding mats. A lot of people ask me about them. Uh, we know, at least in that study, that the best grounding mats are the ones that are connected to the outside, that are conducting outside. Um, so I would think about those. I do need to do some more research on grounding mats, and I promise you I'll go over them. But as of now, get on a surface that is part of earth. No cement, uh, no blacktop, uh, no stone. You want Earth's surface, right? You want to step on the dirt. You want to step on the beach. You want to step on the sand, wherever you can, okay? Number eight, light exposure. So important. This is piggybacking on the circadian rhythm point I talked about grounding, right? Light exposure speaks to our biology, right? Our cells run on these clocks and their multiple systems in the body are getting signals from light and the systems know what to do because of that light, right? Light exposure plays a massive role in delivering these information packets to our body. Right? In fact, it's actually the master influencer in that rhythm that we got going. Right, It tells us when to wake, when to go to sleep. Oh, when digestion is great, when you really shouldn't be eating. Uh, so our body follows these 
biological clocks, these rhythms, right? And it needs to know what to do and when to do it. Um, it needs to know when to activate this enzyme or this hormone or this cellular function. It's like an elegant symphony, right? The beginning of the song is the morning and the end of the song is when you go to bed, right? But now imagine the cello and the flute player, they're on a different rhythm. So their information packets are off, right? So then go outside, get some sun and you'll see their information packets are off. How's that symphony gonna sound? Right, so the sun, you need to go outside and get some sun. The sun is everything in terms of health. Don't be afraid of it. Listen to the sun episode I spoke about it, how to protect yourself. But make sure your eyes see the sun without glasses, without contacts. Preferably sunrise and preferably morning sun and preferably sunset. You want to get all of those stimulus throughout the day because of the wavelength influence, right? What it's provoking in your body. Really important, right? Get back closest to nature and see how your body reacts. Remember, we evolve like this with our feet on the ground, with light influencing our bodies, uh, following the rhythms of nature, right? And and uh, Matt Maruka did that one show on light. So go on back, check this out. Um, check it out if you want to see further into this. But regardless, get that light exposure, okay? Number nine, of course, diet. I wasn't going to miss that one. I don't know if you were worried about it, but I wasn't going to miss it. Diet, hydration, and fasting. Now, diet is so important. We know this. Lots of people uh, make a dietary change and they call it a day. But diet can really be powerful because you can change your diet and start feeling good pretty damn fast. Um, and it's one of the best ways for us to nourish our body or really to destroy our body. And it happens over time, right? Sometimes we don't even realize how our diet affects us because our body, human beings are amazing at adapting and adjusting. Our body gets used to it. And sometimes our new normal, we don't even realize it, right? We don't realize if we're getting better or worse. But dietarily, we evolved with different diets around the world. Ancestrally, we ate an abundance of food that was available to us. And it could be different than your coworker or your best friend, right? And uh, it can be a sensitive subject to people. So let's say I go, yes, that's why I don't hear, you don't hear me going, yes, potatoes, everyone needs potatoes. Potatoes are the best, everyone needs it, right? Sure, it has potassium, magnesium, B vitamins, vitamin C, iron, but it can be super nutrient dense and helpful for some, but it also could spike uh, your blood sugar, increase inflammation for others, right? So what I really say is get back in touch with your body right? This is where a doctor can't help you, right? We can help formulate diets, but we can't help you get in touch with your body. That's on you. So get back in touch with what foods affect you and why and how. Write a journal, write a log, uh, and see how your symptom, what your symptoms are that day and what affects you, right? How close are you and how close it was to the meal, right? And, and this is biochemical individuality, right? It's different for different people. So really start getting in touch with your body. If you need to do an elimination diet, that might be the easiest way, right? Go back to basics and start adding in foods and see all of a sudden, well, damn, potatoes, I thought were doing great for me. I don't feel too good with potatoes. Elimination diet is a really easy way to start from scratch and then build up your diet. So, um, but I will say the obvious stuff throughout my shows, I talk about this all the time, but stay away from processed foods, simple carbs, dairy, sugar, sugary, syrupy, soft drinks, pesticide foods, remember the clean 15 and dirty dozen, vegetable oils like soy, corn, canola, sunflower, safflower, right? Those high omega-6 oils that are going to increase inflammation. If you do eat meat, uh, stay away from conventional cow, pig, chicken, or fish, uh, and go with the higher quality ones, okay? And gluten, I'm going to say this, 
20% of us on paper, 20% uh, of us are going to react with gluten even if we don't have celiac. But clinically, I see a lot more people when they remove it do better. So you can test that out uh, for yourself. And that's wheat, barley, rye, and all of their derivatives. Include more plants, colors of the rainbow. That's my only rule of thumb. Which, which plants are is up to you, right? How your body reacts. But um, if you don't know where to start, again, remember I said do that elimination diet, all right? It'll give you direction on what to do. Hydration is it's so important. You, you hear me talk about it all the time. And it's because our body is 60% water. But organs like our brain and lungs, they're super water rich. They're water dense. And we need water for every process in our body. So if you're thirsty, you already know you're dehydrated. So you, you, let, me, let, me let me just say this. And if you heard my episode on water, you're going to know where I'm going with this. Stay away from tap water. You gotta get a filter. You gotta get a good water filter. Please go back to my water filter and hear what I say about which water filters are meh, okay, good for now, and you really need to start switching it, switching up to. And that's episode one. I'm we'll be doing episode two coming soon, okay? Water must be filtered. Remember that, okay? Um, and hydration doesn't mean just drinking water. It means getting the proper mineral balance in the body, right? Cells have a very particular ratio of minerals inside and outside, and you need to create an electrical potential. That's what they do, those minerals. So it's important to find that balance. Not eating mineral-rich foods in the diet, then you need to be getting minerals in the form of a supplement. And you hear me talk about my favorite one. That was a Quinton, Q-U-I-N-T-O-N. This is going to create the electrical charge in the cells, right? Inside the cell and outside the cell. That potential with grounding in the sun is really how you charge up that cell. It's like putting your phone in a plug and charging up your phone. That's how you charge up your body. That's how you charge up your cell. Okay, and the last part of this, fasting. Fasting is cool. It's one of my. It's one of the most looked up health topics on Google last year. Benjamin Franklin said the best medicines of all are resting and fasting. Uh, basically, the less you eat, the longer you live. All right. So we evolved with this process. The body's well equipped to handle states of not eating. Walter Longo, the father of fasting, or he's really a big pioneer in the fasting movement, connecting it with science and what it does. Longevity and fasting. The fastest state is more natural than the fed state. Walter Longo said fasting is more of an environment than a stress. Food is a bigger stress than fasting. Amazing. Uh, so intermittent fasting, this is something that I do. It's uh, very common and really easy. It's about a 14 to 16 hour fast with an eight hour eating window. Um, uh, some people switch it up. You can stagger it. There's different ways, but what I do is just I eat, let's say seven o'clock, eight o'clock, call it a night, and then I don't eat till the next afternoon, really late morning, uh, maybe 11 or 12 o'clock. And that, that'll give me a 14-hour to 16-hour fast. But some reasons why to do a fast. In a fasted state, you're reducing body fat, body mobilization of fat for energy. We know that. It creates those ketones. Uh, hormonally, HGH is being, going up, so it's helpful for muscle building, fat loss. That's your youth hormone, good for weight loss. Lowering your insulin, good for weight loss. Again, uh, more significant weight loss than other programs that we see for people. Um, a reduction in blood insulin, insulin resistance. Blood sugar reduction, 3 to 6%, and insulin reduction, 20 to 31%, just from a continuous fast. Weight loss, I mentioned, uh, effective in reducing waist circumference to visceral fat, which is the really dangerous fat that predisposes us to many diseases. And it's best seen actually on day two of a fast, you're already reducing that fat and better genetic repair. You heard me talk about telomeres. It increases longevity, reduces that biological age. 
reduction in inflammation. That's one of the n- number one indicators of health, right? So we see that uh, the inflammation is lowest in these centenarians, the people who live over 100. They have less oxidative stress, less pro-inflammatory cytokines, increased antioxidants. Heart. A lot of these Ramadan studies that we see, lower CRP inflammation, homocysteine inflammation, triglycerides to HDL ratio. So they have better cardiometabolic health. Other studies showing reduction in cholesterol, triglycerides, LDL. Cancer, even in animal studies, we're seeing that it's preventative and also complementary to conventional cancer treatment. Helpful for brain health, BDNF. Remember I did my show on that. That's the, that is the protein that is increasing the the connection, the communication of those brain cells, and it's protective against Alzheimer's. So we really need to pay close attention of how much we're eating, how often we're eating, right? And if we're allowing our body to rest and digest and talk to your doctor if if it's a good idea to do a fast. Pillar number 10 might be the most uh, obvious one, exercise and movement, of course, um, next to nutrition. Uh, do it often. You want to do it about minimum 30 minutes a day of some sort of movement or exercise. Do weight-bearing and aerobic. You want both. You want to mix of both, right? They're both important for hormone balance, moving your lymphatic system. That's, that's helpful for detox. Moving the blood, promoting heart health, strengthening the immune system. Exercise is a hormetic stress. That means it's a low dose, low dose stress in the body, but it's good long term. Helps your nervous system, right? Stress, anxiety. You, then you're going to put yourself in a in a place for better brain health. One of the organs that is most beneficial is the brain from exercise. It's amazing. Helps you reduce risk of dementia and cognitive decline. So important as we start aging. Better for your body, of course, mobility, right? Helping your sleep. Don't do it too late now. You don't want to raise your core temperature too late with exercise. So start working out and moving as nature intended. So during the day. Uh, helpful for weight loss, okay? So that's going to be helpful for reducing blood sugar, reducing risk of cancers like breast and prostate cancer, reducing your biological age. Remember I said protecting your telomeres? That's going to help reduce your biological age. Listen, I could be 36 years old, but if I'm doing all of these pillars, you know my biological age is going to be in its 20s. Uh, and creating, uh, you can also create a community around exercise. And you heard me talk about community on, on part one of these pillars of health. Some bonus part of this exercise is cold exposure. If you're really working out hard, try to get some cold exposure. I actually say do cold exposure as a whole. Check with your doctor if it's contraindicated, but get in a cold shower, get in a cold tub, get exposed to the cold weather because that's going to increase immunity, right? Through your nervous system, it's going to stimulate your immune system, reduce inflammation, especially in your muscles and your joints. It's going to help boost up healthy hormones like HGH and testosterone, two hormones you really need to get going when you're working out. It's going to help reduce swelling. That's another hormetic stress. Remember, a stress on your body that does good for long term. Uh, helping with recovery, longevity. Um, and for me, what I found, the cold, I, I mean, I'll, I'll switch up my shower. So I take a lot of cold showers, but I have a cold tub. I filled it up yesterday, so I'm going to get back to, into doing it. But it helps. It's most helpful for immunity. I really felt as if I was not getting sick at all. I felt like Iron Man when I was doing it. And inflammation, for sure. And the last pillar, number 11, 11 of 11, is rituals. So important. Actually, one of my favorite. I love the community one. I love the sense of purpose one. I love all of them. But rituals is like so important, near and dear to me because they've changed my life and you heard me talk about them. It is not good. It's not only good for the mind, the body, but it's good for the soul, right? It will facilitate all of these things, right? It stands to believe the more you get to know yourself, the more you're in touch with your body, the more you're in touch with your mental, emotional, and your soul, that it opens up 
the road to start incorporating all of these pillars as a whole. So for me, rituals is up there, right? Because the more you do these rituals, the more you have alone time, the more you find sense of purpose, the more you find community of people around here, the more you want to treat your body better, hence start working out, hence start eating better. So for me, one of the quickest ways, let's say you have trouble doing 11 of these foundational rituals, foundational pillars start with your rituals. And, you know, I, I do videos and I, I did a whole show on rituals. Think about habit stacking, right? If you're having trouble getting started, pick four things, three things in the morning, right? So let's say you want to get up, you want to do a cold shower, or you want to get up and you really want to start oil pulling. You get up and you really want to chug a half a liter of water. Do those three things and then do something that you would always do, like brush your teeth, right? And then do two things and then do something you would always do, like, you know, put on a new t-shirt or something or make your bed. So stack the things that you want to do around a habit that you already have, right? And it makes, it makes it a lot easier, especially if you're not, if you're not, if you really don't stick to things that you want to do for very long. Um, the rituals are beautiful. You can do yoga, meditation, gratitude, affirmations, you can do breath work, you can do a cold shower, you can do grounding, you can do visualizations, you can go for a walk. There's so many things, but the whole point of rituals is to get you back to you. So with that alone time, whether it's 10 minutes or three hours, with that alone time, you are back to you and you're able to just stop. Stop your mind from thinking about things that don't matter or that are not real and put yourself in a place where you're like, okay, this is actually what I feel. I feel this in my body. I feel this in my mind. My mind has been running. I've been worrying about this, but let me nip it in the bud and go, hey, this is actually not a big deal. I can break this. My body doesn't feel too good right now. I, don't, I, I, I knew there was something off, but my stomach is really hurting. You get back in touch with your body. That's what rituals do. They bring you back to you, and it's very easy. So start carving out that time in the morning or in the night or both. Um, I know it's hard for new moms, new dads out there, but really get creative, right? If you're in the shower, that's a really perfect time to start doing some rituals for yourself. If you're in the car by yourself, that's a good time to do rituals by yourself. Just be mindful of everything you do. Okay, those are the 11 pillars to health. 11. I tried to, those are, de those are dense too, because, you know, there was some more that I wanted to add in there. But really the whole point is this, start incorporating them, take it easy, start bringing, if you, if you have doing none of the 11, start bringing one at a time, but know that as you bring in these pillars, you're building a foundation for yourself. And that's helping you with longevity. That's helping you with disease prevent prevention. It's helping you be your highest version of yourself. And that's what I want for you all. Highest version in the mind, the body, the soul. So you're radiating and you're vibrating and you are influencing people to be their best selves. That's how we start the movement. Much love. Let's get this guest on. This is a personal friend of mine. Dr. Sam's amazing, and we're going to get deep. You know, when you have a good friend on here, you can be very open. So we're just going to get really deep, talk about the mind-body, talk about uh, committing to yourself, accountability, everything, 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 plus a little bonus stuff, some juicy things we'll be talking about. All right, let's get Dr. Sam in. All right, everyone, check this out. I have a very special guest. This is a good friend of mine, so it's always a really good conversation when we have that comfort level. Dr. Saman Faramarzi is someone, she's a ball of light the way I um, describe her, but uh, simultaneously with a great sense of humor. And the way you deliver the passion behind what you love is really incredible for the audience because we feel inspired and very comfortable and relatable to you. So I see a lot of myself in you. You see a lot of yourself in me. So I think that makes for a good podcast. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much for having me here again. It's always so exciting because mm -hmm. we have these long conversations in private, right? Mm -hmm. And we're always like, oh my God, next time we're going to talk about this on the podcast. So I'm just so excited to be here so we can share our deep conversations with everyone. Yeah, but right before the cameras go on, we're <laughs> like, what the heck are we going to talk about? I know. Even though like we'll hang out and we'll have like these, like you said, deep conversations. We're like, damn, we should have recorded that. Because... Um, I guess you and I see the world the same way and our connection to the world the same way. Yeah. So when you find people of uh, that like-minded approach to life, it's really inspiring because you you can handle problems much easier than, you know, when, I guess when we were younger, when we didn't have that level of those toolkits that we use. Yeah. So what are some of the things, like we were talking about like the show being called Heal Thyself and the importance of knowing thyself. And for me, that's like, one of the biggest things in life that you can, that is life, knowing thyself. What does knowing thyself mean to you? Yeah, I think that is the most important thing for me right now, right? Um, I, it's come up in the books I'm reading. It's come up in how I'm dealing with patients. It's come up for my patients because we're all connected, right? So for me, knowing thyself, it means that I'm actually connected to what I was born to do right? What my purpose is and allowing that to flow. It's in the situations, how my reaction is. Am I sitting with myself, allowing myself to get to know me, right? Without needing to change anything, meeting myself where I'm at. For example, I was reading this book that I got, I think it was in my first year of naturopathic medical school and it was written by one of our teachers. So I was reading it. I started reading it again two weeks ago and I was like, whoa, why did I not take advantage of this eight years ago when I started medical school? How did I not look at this the same way, right? Well, who I was eight years ago is so different than who I am right now. It was more mm -hmm. than eight years ago. I started school like nine, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I was a completely different person. So it's meeting yourself exactly where you're at and just being honest with yourself, really being true to yourself, understanding when something doesn't feel good internally, mm -hmm. whether you're talking to your friends, whether you're in a crowd, whether whatever it is, right? Just sitting with yourself and getting to know you, not, ne not needing to be anything else, but who you were born to be, which is this bright light on mm -hmm. this planet. We're all the same, mm -hmm. right? We are. We are. So how the heck do we put that into practice? Because like, it's easy to say you got to know yourself. Oh, just sit with yourself. Yeah. Are you talking about like literally just sitting down on the couch or on your bed or on the floor or on a bench? Because um, I can I can add to that, but I just want to know what do you what do you mean by like yeah. being by yourself, surrendering like in that capacity? Yeah. Are you allowing enough alone time? Right. Are you creating that space to truly get to know you without the influence of the things around you? Who we are is the story we tell people, mm -hmm. right? Who we I could change who I am right now. I today I am Dr. Sam, I'm an atropathic doctor. Tomorrow I could be Sam the barista mm -hmm. and with a completely different life story if I choose it to be different, mm -hmm. right? But who I am inside, the heart I have, who I like, I I know who I am, mm -hmm. right? And that comes with a lot of space that I've created for myself. And it changes all the time. For example, let's say when trauma comes up for us, we could deal with it in so many different ways. And I think that, I know I'm jumping from one thing to mm -hmm. another, but that's just an example of getting to know yourself. When certain situations happen, what do we do? Do we create space to know who we are or do we jump to things that distract us, mm -hmm. right? So for example, 
for me, getting to know myself took a lot of alone time, took seven years of meditation, took years of journaling and took, took a lot. It's a lonely road, but it's also, you can be lonely in the morning and lonely isn't a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, lonely, you're so lonely. But it's time alone to really reflect mm -hmm. and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's for me. What is it like for you? Yeah, no, same idea because... Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you say distractions because I became the master of distracting myself and running away from things that I needed to sit with for a close to nine years, right? After my mom's death, I became so good at losing myself in things and people um, and never really being alone, right? So I became the most social person on the East Coast, right? Because when you're with people, you don't have to think about anything. When you're doing things, you don't have to think about anything. So I was like, God, like I, I had so many friends and like text. If you've seen my text messages, like hundreds of text messages still, yeah. because it's like, I still have those connections with people. I'm very social. But I think the time came and you've experienced this, especially this year. I mean, you've known me for a, a while and you've seen that transition. But uh, I, I realized that there was a, a boiling point coming. And if the time wasn't taken to know myself, then I would never become a father or a husband uh, or a, a stand-up guy that I know I can be like to the highest level, like a real, like a man and what I see as a man. Yeah. So I go, damn, well, I got to take this time to myself, you know? Of course, simultaneously, I moved to the mountains in Topanga, mm -hmm. so, which is more in more solitude than I've ever been. You've seen the place. Yeah. And... Um, and then simultaneously, I break up with a girlfriend. Yeah. So the the emotional push, the catalyst is there. And everything just fell into place. It was like solitary confinement for the first two weeks. That's what it yeah. felt like. Because imagine, you know how social I was all the time. I was running around. I was, oh, let's go to this meeting. Let's go to this party. Let's do that. And then all of a sudden, I'm, boom, stops. And I'm alone for two weeks. Yeah. That was hard. And this is what you're getting at. That alone time became the catalyst for the the most massive transition I've ever did, did to myself in yeah. my life, which you've seen. Um, but it's beautiful when you get over that hump of what you're avoiding, because then you start liking being alone. Exactly. Which is what I've since I've known you. I'm like Sam. You want to you want to go get dinner? And you're like I'm gonna be on home alone because I feel like I'm doesn't want to talk to anyone. I'm introverted. And I'm yeah. like okay, I respect <laughs> that. I don't get it, but I respect it. Yeah. But is that is that something that you've now feel like completely like you look forward to your time alone, like recharge? I mean, you're super extroverted, but you yeah. really recharge too with this. Yeah, that's the thing. So I'm super extroverted. I love people. I love spending the days filled with my friends. I have so many different groups of friends too, right? And I've noticed that if I don't have that alone time, then I'm not the best version of myself. Then I show up as completely, because I get influenced really easily too. That's another thing about me that you probably know. It's like when I spend a lot of time with people, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm a little confused about how I want to go about this mm -hmm. or how I want to take this on. So for me, if I don't schedule alone time on my calendar, then I'm a mess. Yeah. <laughs> like I will not be. So now this is what I do. And this has changed how social I've been. So have you noticed that the past couple of months, maybe the past month or two, I've spent a lot more time with yeah, people? Yeah, you have. So this is what I do now. I wake up at 5 a.m. I don't start seeing patients till 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. on the days that I see patients. So I have five hours of alone time in the morning. Not only is that setting the tone for my day, but it's already charging me before I go out in the world, yeah. right? So that's what I always say to people. I'm like, if that's something you want to experiment with and you're like, oh, but I don't have time. 
we choose. We choose what we want in mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is, I'm not an expert on this, right? Mm-hmm. This is, I'm just here to share my personal experience of how I've gotten to where I am today with the way I choose to live my life. Because yeah. um, I think that's an important thing to touch base on too is choice. Yeah. How are we choosing to show up every single day, right? How are we choosing to recharge? How are we choosing to know ourselves? Some people are scared to know themselves. Yeah. It's a scary thing to look at your demons. It's a scary thing when you sit with yourself and you're like, oh shit, I don't, I didn't know this was there or mm-hmm. I didn't know that I did this. And you see that in the reflection of every single person that you interact with, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, we're so much alike and mm-hmm. we see, we see each other in one another. Mm-hmm. Is that the right way to say it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's the thing. And then you get to really witness that and be like, oh, wow. That's where I can truly love myself, right? When you see those parts of you that aren't perfect, those parts of you that you're like, after seven years of fucking meditating, I still Mm -hmm. have to do this. Mm -hmm. And you're like, thank you for having this come up because now I get to work on it. And that's the thing that people sometimes are like, oh, but you've done all this work. How come this stuff is still coming up? Well, you reach, I I say it's like a video game, right? You reach one level and then something else comes up if you're not looking at it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you make that commitment. You're like, I really want to get to know myself. I really want to reach this level of excellence in life. And if you're avoiding something or putting something under the rug, then I choose to call call it God. Mm -hmm. So God then chooses to show you, hey, you either pay attention to it now or mm-hmm. I'm going to blow it up, right? And then whatever way it is, then you get to choose how you look at it and how you deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's a really good toolkit. Like it's not that we can, we're just sitting uh, alone and trying to figure ourselves out, mm-hmm. but we have tools and yeah. those tools come in the form of people, yeah. right? So um, I mean, very, you're, even even in the like undergraduate, I remember I started seeing patterns about the people that I was, that were in my life. Mm-hmm. They sort of like, there was always something that was alike with the men and women in my life. And then I was like, all right, let me work on myself a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like I started attracting different people who were kind of like more aligned with what I healed. And then I go, wait a minute, I'm starting to see a pattern here. So through college and then medical school, I really started using that as my toolkit mm-hmm. as people being reflections of the things that I need to heal. So, so I mean, shoot, since, since I was in college, like when someone comes and it comes at me or at other people in a way that doesn't look right to me, I don't judge them because I go, what, what I see in that person I can do and I can be very easily, you know? So, so if you see that and you go, well, wow, like I see that within myself, do I need to, do I need to heal still? especially if they're in my life, right? Exactly. Um, it's been, that's a great toolkit that we can all use. Yeah. We can just go, all right, who are the people in my life? Are they serving me? If they're not serving me, why? What are they reflecting? And what patterns am I attracting in people, particularly lovers? Yeah. Relationships oh, yeah. are like, shoot, that is like the mirror of all mirrors. Yeah. And we get, and we get triggered and hard. <laughs> we get triggered hard by by loved ones, yeah. um, family and, and lovers. But yeah. um do you do you agree that like people can really be massive reflections and a good toolkit for auditing where you are? Oh, one hundred percent. I think that's why people come into your life, like you said. Mm-hmm. They are a mirror of where we're at. They serve their time. 
they choose, they show you certain things and you get to choose to look at it and be like, oh, wow, that's a reflection of me. Or you get to just point the finger at them and be like, oh my God, can you believe this person? Like mm -hmm. he was X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. or she did this and that and then move on from it. Or you can look at it and be like, oh, wow, this is where I'm really at. Maybe I would handle it differently, mm -hmm. but this person's showing up this way so I can learn from it because it's mm -hmm. triggering me, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so use your triggers as the number one exclamation mark tool. Yes. That's that's when the light is blinking and going, hey, pay attention, pay attention, you're being triggered, yeah. pay attention because, and and all, shoot, I was guilty of it so much. Yeah. I was like, all right, I, like they're triggering me, get them away from me. I don't want me it. Me too. And you just walk away and you oh, run yeah. away mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh, and then your ego is so good at villainizing those people mm -hmm. and saying like, oh, I hate John. John's, he's the biggest dick ever. He shows yeah. up like this. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to surround yourself, but it also means pay attention to what you're feeling. Exactly. I used to be terrified of my triggers. I would be like, I want to avoid every situation where I'm going to get triggered. You know why? Because... I saw how I would act in certain relationships when I was triggered and I didn't like that part of me. And the more I started loving myself and witnessing parts of myself, I'm like, oh, I want to work on this and that. Then I learned that, okay, I can trust myself. And I started seeing triggers and witnessing them instead of being reactive. So when with, you know, people I was dating, when I would get triggered, I would be like, I, I, I got to the point of being brave enough to be like, hey, this this really triggered me right now, you know? And then mm. I got to sit with it without needing to change the situation, without, like, I would witness myself wanting to absolutely run away. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'm getting my bags and I'm leaving and I'm, you know, because I was so afraid I was going to be reactive and then be judged, right? But then I was like, oh, hey, I'm getting triggered right now. Then I got to talk about that. And I think these are the little nuggets, the little gifts that come with mm -hmm. really getting to know yourself, right? Yeah. Know thyself. Know what is triggering you? Yeah, yeah. Heal know thyself, thyself, know thyself. <laughs> we'll change the name. It's, Every time I come on, it's going to be know thyself. <laughs> yeah, but you said something really important that I, I didn't want to let go is mm. creation, right? Mm -hmm. You said you can be Dr. Sam, the naturopathic doctor, and then Dr. Sam, the barista. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, it's really empowering for folks to know and understand that we are here to create, always yeah. to create. That is our life purpose. That's why we're here on earth to be the expression of what we know ourselves to be conceptually, and that's love. But yeah. now we get to be that experientially in this human body, in this human form, right? So can we align with our truest selves in this physical form? And, and we have that opportunity to do that through our experience. So we do that through creation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily religious, but they, they, they say that you were created in the likeness of God. Yeah. Um, and, and if you understand the true nature of God or the universe or whatever you want to call it, it's just pure creation, yeah. right? Big bang, creation, right? Everything that we're experiencing is creation. We've been creating since we were kids, yeah. maybe not consciously, but now we get to do it consciously. We get to go, are these people, places, things, situations, circumstances serving me? Yes or no? Yeah. Are they reflection? Are they trigger? Yes or no? How do I heal myself and then move on? Um, it's crazy. It's crazy without judgment too, yep. like without good or bad. Like exactly. I can, I can say, I'm going to create myself to be the biggest dick uh, in California and I'm going to hurt everyone's feelings. <laughs> yeah. 
And I can start doing that tomorrow. Yeah. And then within a month, I'll be that. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I'll start attracting new people, new places, new things, new situations, new circumstances, completely different. I'll push away all the people that were of my old vibration. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, the, the universe is going to go, here, you asked for it. I'm going to give you these things that are going to facilitate that for you without judgment. The universe yeah. doesn't care if it's good or bad. The universe cares about giving you what you're asking for, which gives us a lot of responsibility. Exactly. We have to truly know what we're attracting and creating. Yep. Every day we're creating. Every single day. I believe that too. I, yeah. Because the thing is, your mind wants to create everything you believe, mm-hmm. whether it's whether you want it or not. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So that's where that comes in that you just said. I completely agree with that. And there's even scientific studies on this mm-hmm. of how your mind and you know belief system works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's so powerful. And that's what we like to do with patients, with mm-hmm. our audience, um, empowerment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of understanding what are we creating? What are we creating? So, yeah. so then it gives us a lot of responsibility. Yes. Right. And I mentioned the universe doesn't care if it's good or bad, but I always say it would behoove you to understand if you are hurting other people, yeah. you, it's, it's always about the law of cause and effect. Yeah. Meaning that if you're shitty to people, you're probably going to get shitty people coming in your life. Mm-hmm. So regardless of good or bad, just understand that you also are going to attract the stuff yeah. that you kind of don't want. So you want to be of the vibration of more loving, more giving, more empowering, more nurturing, all those things that are really beautiful. Yeah. Cause then you get more of that, which is what you experience in your life. It's what I experienced in my life. Yeah. All the people in, around us are of that vibration because we chose consciously to not be that vibration, the one that yeah. is going to attract that. But um, I think it's a beautiful thing that we can be empowered and really figure out, we can go, okay, I'm going to watch my thoughts now. Oh, I'm going to watch my words mm-hmm. and you better believe I'm going to watch my actions. Oh yeah. And, and it can completely change your life by those three things. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point in your life did you say, wow, I'm conscious enough to understand that I'm sort of creating this whole experience? I think it was, it was, believe it or not, only a few years ago. So for me, it was probably five years ago when I was dealing with a lot of failure. So I failed my boards Mm -hmm. and I've shared that story openly. And my mentor told me, hey, look look at failure. How do you feel about failure, right? So that experience by itself, I failed my boards and I had to really work on my relationship with failure, how I was so ashamed of failure and how I was creating failure through failing just a test, mm-hmm. right? I mean, thank God that's how I learned, right? It's just a test. When you look at the big scheme of life, I mean, in that moment, I was like crying on the floor, mm-hmm. like, oh my God. That's because I was so ashamed. Mm-hmm. I was so ashamed of people knowing that she failed her boards, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and everyone around was like, we love you. Like I only told my mom and my sister and like maybe two close friends because yeah. the shame around it was like eating me alive. I was like, everyone's posting that they passed and mm-hmm. I'm the only person that failed. <laughs> So around that time, my mentor was really talking to me about failure. That's when I was doing Qigong and he's like, Sam, failure is something you have to work with. And until you work with failure itself, the idea, the shame around that, you're not going to pass your test. And I had to learn that. And then when I let go, right, I realized when I changed my mindset around failure, that's when I passed my boards. Mm. So that was like the, I was like, whoa. The universe gave you that. The universe gave it to me. I worked on it. And 
it was from then on that I started playing around with things, right? Being like, oh, I think about this, it shows up. I think about something else, it shows up. I don't deal with something and I live my life unconsciously, subconsciously with the programs I have running, they will show up. Louder and louder. Louder and louder until it gets until so you loud listen. and you're yeah. like, how okay. did I let it get to this point? Yeah. And that's happened to me. Yeah. And again, thank God that I have the support. I've had the teachers in my life where when something during quarantine, when something happened that really propelled me to so much healing. But at the time I was like, holy fuck, how's yeah. this happening? Right. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, how did I create this? Because mm -hmm. that's where someone empowered comes up too, right? How did, how did this experience get created in my reality? Because mm -hmm. my reality is very, it's not the same as yours, right. right? Everyone's reality is different. So I'm responsible for my own reality. So when something like that comes up, I look at myself and I'm like, hmm, how did this happen? But then you get lost in the story. And I'm like, this isn't supposed to be a part of my story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyway, I just went off on, I don't even know where I'm yeah, at right there, now. I, mean, <laughs> I know there's, there's some really, there's instances that'll come. You see, you, you want to create these things and you're healing all these parts of you. And then out of left field, these things come and which we, yeah. we judge as good or bad. Yeah. And trust me, like if, if someone kid, kidnaps my son, that's, that's bad on the surface. Like that's really, really bad. And that's yeah. traumatizing for me and my family. I'm hundred percent for that. But I always do believe there's deeper things to life. I do. Yeah. I just don't. I, I I don't believe in coincidence at all. I think it would be silly either. to believe in coincidence. Yeah, like there's not even one percent of me that believes in coincidence. Yeah, yeah but that's it. my reality, right? Look at I a snow. <laughs> look at a snowflake's design. Yeah. Right. Just that's a snowflake. What does that mm -hmm. say about your life? You know, it's pretty incredible what we could think about. Like, holy shit! Like, there's a lot going on, and we're like, we're in this like eternal, ethereal web of like manifestation and consciousness. But, um. I think it's really interesting because we do have those moments that can that are like quote unquote bad, and universe is like listen, you ain't listened before, mm -hmm. you ain't listened before that. Yeah, it, I'm gonna have to show you something quote unquote bad for you to listen. Like, you're, or, or uh, you're gonna have to create something within yourself, something bad that's gonna listen. And then we experience it and we go, oh god, that was that. Now I'm listening. Like that was. I never want that to happen again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's there's it's 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 a case by case. There's like. There's a whole spectrum of like stuff that I absolutely don't want to experience, right? But um, with that said, I'm also consciously trying to heal and manifest mm -hmm. parts of me. So I, I, I love I love that we can empower people like this too. Yes. It's, and you do that with your patients. I know that like what the one thing I love about your practice is you can give people these IVs. And IVs take a while on average, what, like an hour to two hours? Yeah, the shortest one will be 45 minutes, 45 an minutes. hour yeah. to, you know, four hours. To four hours. Yeah. So you take that time to also do the mind-body stuff, which is really unique to a lot of what naturopathic doctors do because not we sort of lose ourselves in yeah. being clinicians and then you know saying bye and then the next patient comes in mm -hmm. without the art of medicine. I think you've done a really good part in your career of mastering that art, like sitting with the patient, learning about their traumas, learning about their triggers, doing what exactly what we're talking about. But basically, I could be getting an IV and we can be having a yeah. conversation like this. So it's really cool that you do that. It's such a gift to me to be able to experience that too, because that's the part of healing. That's so amazing to see your patients become empowered, you know, to come from a place of connecting and see our own. The one thing that really makes me happy, like the one compliment, right, is being able to create space and compassion 
compassionate, safe, sacred space mm -hmm. between me and a patient, you know, this relationship where they feel completely safe to be themselves, right? To share their deepest secrets. And mm -hmm. I think that comes with me being very open too. And, um, and we can do that with our, it doesn't have to be patient doctor relationship. That's mm -hmm. just where you think healing is happening, but we can do that with our friends. We can do that with our family. Mm -hmm. We can do that with, with any relationship in our lives. Right. And I encourage people to do that. The more raw and authentic and real you are, the more people are willing to share with you. And that's where the healing is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My patients sometimes come in before we've formed a relationship. They're terrified of telling me what they're eating because they think I'm going to judge them. And I'm like, hey, like, this mm. is a safe space. You tell me everything that's going on and what yeah. you want real healing. Real healing. So, yeah. Yeah, it does allow the space. And you and I share this patient. They, she's had massive healing yeah. over the past, this year. Mm -hmm. It was like she was in her head and she was very much, so she had a lot of anxiety. And the work that you've done, I've done, we put, we put her in such a good place. And it's beautiful to think that we can do that. Yeah. As naturopathic doctors, like yeah. there's, that's the true healing. We looked at, and you and, I, you and I both look at it the same way, the iceberg. And on the bottom part of the iceberg is mental, emotional, spiritual part. Yes. And the physical is just a little tip. Right. So any physical manifestation is like, okay, well, we see it, you know, but like, let's get to the, let's get to the bottom of the iceberg. Exactly. Let's, let's fix that. That's where the juicy stuff yeah, is. Yeah, that's where and, the juicy stuff and is. And that capacity and ability to heal is in every single one of us if we're willing to go there. It is rare, right? That patient that we share is brave mm -hmm. and we all can be brave, mm -hmm. right? In our own healing, right? Even if you're not working with a doctor, how brave are you to look at yourself? How brave are you to sit with yourself? How brave are you to actually say, hey, I want to change this? Yeah. How willing are you to let go of certain things in life? So I think you and I or any doctor that you work with is a vessel to kind of like flame the little or turn on the fire, you mm -hmm. know, within you that's like, wait, I can do this. Yeah. And then the patient does all the work. Right. And, but then you sometimes you need that gift. And then with our patients, I feel like in that sacred space, so much healing has come up for me. So after every single session, I, I share that with my patients. I'm like, yeah. thank you so much for showing up this way because you don't know the parts of me that just mm -hmm. healed through that session. And that's how it is with our friends family, loved ones, like with everyone. It's never a one-way street mm -hmm. if you think about it. Mm -hmm. So, but that's if you're willing to show up. Yeah. If you're How willing, willing to show are up. you? Yeah. How scared are you? Yeah. Are yeah. you letting go of the fear? Yeah. It's just, you know, the one thing I've been working on that I, September is, a, it's been a special month for me so far. What, it's only September 11th mm -hmm. today. Um, I am very empowered right now to show up as my best self every single day, and sometimes I say that, but I like feel it right now. Yeah. I, I check in with myself multiple times a day, multiple situations that come up. I ask myself, is this the best I can do mm -hmm. right now? Right? Like what's my, I would say capacity and ability. You know, what am I capable of doing? Um, do I have space for this to create this in my life? Am I able to do it? And then I realize when I check in that way with myself, I let go of excuses because it's between me and me, right? It's not like I told someone else that I'm going to do something and then not do it. So that is something that I think we can talk to our friends and family about. And I've been doing that lately, sharing that with people is how are we showing up powerful? Mm -hmm. Our own empowerment. How are we doing that? 
I love that. I love that we can ask ourselves, am I to my highest capacity? Am I to my highest ability? Mm -hmm. That's really important stuff because if we don't check in, like you said, it's just us. Yeah. We, we ain't showing up for anyone else. Exactly. We ain't impressing anyone else. No. It's literally just like, how can we impress and love ourselves? I'm going to switch gears. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned, we talked about the iceberg and we talked about the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff. And we talked about, and you used the word juicy. We're going to get to the Woo! juice. <laughs> <laughs> you inspired me to do a uh, 90 plus day celibacy. Oh yeah. You did. And Thank it you. was, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. And I say that because as men, we have whether, con- well, we have programming and then it runs a lot of our, um, how we show up for intimacy, whether consciously or subconsciously throughout life. And even if we, we do all this work and we're conscious men and we're doing it, there's still the subconscious programming. Yes. And I think to stop everything and to be alone with that, you can break that. And as men, that's crazy because now I can show up much more intentional, much more open, much more loving, you know, making, making decisions that are aligned with me. Yeah. It's wild. So what inspired you to just do that celibacy? Yeah. So for me, I did a hundred day gong, which is a hundred day commitment. Right. And I had done this in the past where I did it when I first wanted to start meditating and I couldn't commit to it. I would say, oh, I'm going to meditate every single morning. And then fifth day, I was like, I would forget, or I would come up with excuses like, oh, yeah. I'm running late. I'm doing this. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm doing a hundred day commitment. I listened to a podcast. I don't remember which one. And I, this is like seven, eight years ago. And I was like, oh, a hundred day commitment. It could be about anything. And I was like, if I want to change this habit, I'm going to do this. So I committed to it. And I'm one of those people that if I commit to something, oh, I'm fully committed, but I have to fully commit. I'm Mm. not like, I'm all or nothing. Mm. So I did a hundred day commitment. I meditated for a hundred days straight in the morning. Like I remember one time I was in New York with someone and I meditated in the cab because that's how committed I was. I was like first thing in the morning because we were going somewhere and it was early and I didn't have like, I was like, but no excuses. I was like, don't talk to me. I have to meditate the whole car ride. Mm. I was meditating. So I didn't let anything get in the way of that. Mm. And then I, that's when I continued meditating. So something came up for me during quarantine, um, a traumatic event that really affected me. And I really wanted to understand myself better. I wanted to understand my relationship to sexuality, to sex, to how do we view sex? You know, we all have this programming around sex. Oh, you're bad if Mm. you're doing this. Or, oh my God, I'm going to have sex with that guy and manipulate him into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Or is it early? Is it too early to have sex with him? Is it too late to have sex with him? Like, is he going to leave if I don't? Or is he going to stay just because he wants it? These thoughts go through a lot of women's mind, right? So when there was a situation for me in April that taught me a lot and I wanted to look deeper because of course, you know me, I'm always like, let's analyze this. You do. <laughs> let's go deeper with let's this. Deep. Let me find out why this situation had to happen for me, mm-hmm. not to me, but for, for me, yeah. right? The wording is even important. So I decided to do a hundred day commitment, hundred day celibacy, and I learned so much about myself. I learned because when you do something intentionally, because you, I, we all heard our friends say too, like, oh, well, it's been <laughs> it's been six months because we're in quarantine and I didn't really get to get yeah. a chance to do this. But really, 
if you look at this, anything you do intentionally changes the way you look at it. So for example, let's say if you're starving all day because you haven't had a chance to eat and you're running around, you're going to look at that starvation pain differently than if you were like, I'm doing a fast, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'm intentionally not eating something. You're more aware of how you're feeling. You're going deeper with it. You're not just going, letting it go, letting the program run, right? And then eating whenever you can. You're intentional. You pay attention to every single step of the way. So that's what you and I talked about too. When we did this intentionally, I learned my patterns. I learned the shame that was within that. And I learned of all the things that I wanted to let go of. And it was really, really empowering. And mm -hmm. I remember I was sharing my experience with you and you're like, I, got, I, got, I want to experience this. Yeah. So was it the same for you? Were you noticing your patterns? Because especially for me, the first two weeks, I was like, whoa, I didn't even know this about myself. Like mm -hmm. the way I would want to distract with certain things. And um, I know I'm not sitting much. But <laughs> no, 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 no. I, but this no. is a level of comfort I'm at right now. I get it. Was it the same for you? Yeah, for me, it's like what, because mine was no flirtation, no masturbation, no sex. Yeah. 90 days, boom. Mm -hmm. And all the the latter two were easy. Yeah. Wait, did I start? No, the the flirtation was hard. I didn't I didn't know how programmed I was to be a flirt mm -hmm. and outside of professional, right? So like socially, I was just, I didn't know that I was flirting with everyone, you know, like it, yeah. it was just, it was just ingrained in me because, you know, even, even through high school, like I was such a flirt, college, mm -hmm. I was such a flirt. And then even through med school, it's like, it's just been ingrained about how I show up. It's a matter of how I show up. So the, I saw the impulse being there to do that and I stopped and I was like, okay, well, how do I show up now? And it's pretty incredible because I was able to forge deeper bonds with women yep. because there was, there's no connotation of uh, intimacy between us. Yeah. It's just like, holy shit, like this is a great connection. Like I really just appreciate you on the deepest level. Um, Cause it wasn't again, adulterated by that. Those, those thoughts are like just speaking in that way, you know, or even that feedback that or the you feedback. get, right. Yeah. That like satisfaction of flirting with someone mm -hmm. and getting that feedback of like, Oh, now I feel good about myself. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just so, the little things that we reach for. And, and even before that, like I was in a place where consciously there was no, I, I was just flowing. Yeah. I didn't think there was subconscious programming or lifelong programming that was still there. So it's interesting because now I, I have the awareness. Yeah. I can go, all right, how am I showing up with this person? Actually, do I want to flirt with this person? I get to choose now if I want to turn it on or not. Yes. Before it was just on. Uh, and that was pretty much one of the most incredible lessons that I learned. Because when you're quiet and you're, you're literally forcing yourself not to flirt or knowing what your patterns of masturbation are yeah. or knowing how you show up during sexual intimacy, it's, it's, you just stop. And again, we talked about surrender in the beginning of the show. What happens when you just stop and you see everything for what it is? Exactly. And I, and I think the biggest, the second biggest lesson was the energy exchange in sex. Yeah. I was like, I always heard in the conscious community, it's an energetic exchange, mm -hmm. right? Sacred energetic exchange. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's fine. Uh, but, but damn, like now I get it. It's like, there is a very sacred exchange. And like, when you're right and you're vibing and you're, you're totally like, purifying yourself inside out and you're just in the best place you've ever been. If you have sex with someone 
who is not in the right place and mm-hmm. is going through a lot or holding this heavy energy, it will affect you inevitably, especially if you're very sensitive like me. So uh, I've now I'm very choosy, very choosy about even the time I spent with people. So I think it was it, it was one of the most incredible experiences. Yeah, for me too. It's, yeah. You learn so much. I love that you've learned all this, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's... It's amazing, by the way, to see who you are and how you're evolving every day. I know I've shared this with you, Mm -hmm. um, the amount of work you're putting into your self-growth, especially since May, Mm -hmm. right? How Mm -hmm. you're willing to see all this. It's... It's so amazing. Yeah, you got to... So I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You got to call yourself out. Yeah, and you got to have friends that call you out. I know... I know sometimes I can be hard with you. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, uh, we have a mutual friend who says you're like my Persian mom. Yeah. You just, <laughs> you'll just you'll just call yell me out and call yeah. me out on things, but it, but it's true because like I don't want yes people in my life. I want people to be like Christian. You do this, and it's not serving you. You better see it. And I'm like, exactly. well, damn, you know, like she she might be right. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate the same with you. You yeah. know, you're like, hey, Sam, have you looked at the way you're doing this? Yeah. You're not as harsh as I am. Like. No, no, I, 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 I'm a nice, gentle, woman. smooth. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm a gentle, smooth guy. Yes, I, I love, but yeah. So, um, how can maybe people learn more about like celibacy? Is do you have any resources, or do you just do you say 100 days commit to it? What about when we feel like we want to break it? Is there anything that you use? Did, is there anything you said to yourself? Any mantras? Anything? Because 100 yeah. days can be hard, or even days. 50 days could be hard for some yeah. people. Yeah. So here's the thing about any type of commitment, right? Um, I think I didn't have any guidance in this, right? I just chose to do this because I wanted to understand this relationship. This is who I am. And I'm not, again, an expert in this, right? So for me, it was like, if you want to understand something, you have to be willing to sit with it and look at it and give it up. Or um, you have to be willing to just look at it. Mm -hmm. And for me, to give something up for 100 days, I knew that something would change. I want to change. Um, Everyone out there, I know you want change in something, right? Mm -hmm. We all want to change certain habits. We all want to grow. We all want to be empowered. I like to live from an empowered space. So like I remember during the time that I was doing it, everyone was like, 100 days, that's so hard. And then they would reflect and be like, wait, I've gone without being sexually active for years, right? (laughs) Years and years. But you don't think about it. So imagine how powerful it is when you actually commit to yourself. And I remember during our last show, we talked about committing to ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is funny because mm-hmm. was that about Full a year circle. ago? Yeah, it's about yeah. a year ago. I was like, the most important thing I've done for me is committing to myself. And here we go. The universe gives me opportunities yeah. to talk about committing to myself. I'm really big on that because if I can't commit to myself, how can I one day commit to a husband, yeah. to a family? Yeah. How can I commit to my patients? Mm-hmm. You know, I've had patients tell me, I am committed to you and this protocol but it's really they're committed to themselves. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. you know? So it all starts with our commitment to ourselves. For me, I come from this place of wanting growth. So every single time that I was like, eh, mm-hmm. maybe I want to go grab the vibrator mm-hmm. or whatever <laughs> it is that you think about, like if you're master, if you're giving up masturbation, let's yeah. say, you're like, no one's going to know, mm-hmm. you know? I, I, no one's going to, but you know what? You're doing it for you. For sure. So... If you really want it, you're going to commit to it. Mm -hmm. You have to look at yourself and then be honest with yourself. Do I want to see this change? So whether it's you're committing for 100 days to meditating every single morning, or if you're like, I want to understand my relationship to sex, sexuality, to how I show up in relationships, 
and you're like, I'm going to do this with, because I think sex is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's an amazing, healthy, beautiful thing when it's done, when you're showing up, when it's intentional, when you are aware of what you're doing, what you're getting yourself into and um, how you're showing up with your energy, right? So how can you have the healthiest version of it? Mm -hmm. And that was important for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like committed. So every time the thought came up, I would be like, "Oh, I wonder why I want to go grab that." Yeah. And I, I want to distract from this discomfort. Mm-hmm. What's the discomfort? What's the discomfort? Yeah. So then again, me being who I am, with my detective mind of let's go deeper. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna go deeper and sit with this discomfort. So sure. for me, I came up with a way of every time I got triggered to go against my celibacy, I'm, I, I meditated. I did Qigong, meditated, and then I journaled. And those times were the most powerful times for me because what happened was I got deeper into the understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, If I had broken it, I know I wouldn't feel good about myself. I know I could have just lied to you or everyone else no and been like, yeah. guys, I finished my 100 day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yay, let's mm-hmm. celebrate. But I know I wouldn't be happy about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a commitment to me. So it's a commitment. It's like, are you being your higher self? Capacity, mm-hmm. ability, and commitment. You yeah. can ask yourself those questions and go, okay, well, am I being true to myself, right? Because yeah. how are you showing up for you? Ain't nobody else looking at you. You know, it's exactly. just you. So I love that. You were very inspiring with that. And I, I would Thank challenge you. people who are listening or viewing to do something. It doesn't have to be for 100, do it for 50. Yeah. But commit to yourself. It doesn't have to even be celibacy. It could be anything that you want to commit to and know that Dr. Sam did it, Dr. Christian did it. And we're still alive and we're feeling good. And we're feeling better than ever. Better than ever. Better than ever, right? But I do want to say something about the amount of days we commit to. The first two weeks are the hardest. So it's important to make it at least like 40 days. Yeah, at least 40 days. Yeah, because that's when the shift happens. Like after the 30, 40 days, then I actually understood what was beneath it all. Yeah. Then I got to form new habits, which was getting back into meditation and qigong and journaling and, yeah. and all the things I wanted to replace my certain behaviors with, sure. right? So I think that the amount of days matters, right? But whatever it is for you. For sure. I love that. So we're going to do five rapid fire questions before we get off this show. So uh, we're going to pull them up right now. And I think they're going to be really good. All right. Question number one from the audience comes from Jay Gat. What do you do when you feel stuck or stagnant in your life? A lot of us go through that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I've been there. Yeah, you've been there. I think a lot of us have. All right. So what is something that you do? Do you have one? I can... You say... Okay. You go first. Stuck or stagnant? Um what what I do is, I'm, one, I make sure I sleep because I usually feel very stuck or stagnant if I don't sleep for like two days straight. Sleep well, it off. So sleep it off. No. <laughs> I make sure I get a good night's sleep. And then I wake up and I get right back. I usually am stuck or stagnant when I'm not following my rituals. Mm-hmm. After rituals, after yep. two hours of rituals, one hour of rituals, I'm back. Brand yes. new. So I would, I'm assuming that you're going to say something about rituals too because your eyes are lighting up. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> So journaling, meditation, affirmation, barefoot grounding, breath work, yoga, meditation, everything. Absolutely. When I feel stuck, well, sometimes I catch myself doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I encourage whoever's question that is, if you feel yourself stuck, ask yourself, what is getting out of this stuckness going to serve me and what is being stuck serving me? Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll like wake up angry and I have all the tools in the world to 
let go of it, right? Be like, let me let go of this anger or feeling stuck in a certain situation. And I'm like, no, I want to be here. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, okay. So now I remove the resistance that's trying to like get rid of it. Surrender. And yeah, I surrender to it. And I, and I almost like warn, I've done this with my coworkers where like I wake up and I'm like, I'm kind of grumpy and I'm stuck and I'm stuck, stuck with this feeling. And I try to change it before I go to work even, you know, and, and then I get to work and I tell my coworkers, I'm like, guys, this is how I'm feeling. I need some alone time. Mm -hmm. So I let go of the resistance. So the first step is surrender. And surrendering removes that resistance, so then you can do all the, other the things you want to do. It opens up the exactly. opens up the space. Exactly. Perfect. All right. Question number two, Jen de Jesus, de Jesus. What can I do about feeling down, low self esteem, no motivation? How can I get myself out of this funk? Mm, low you know, self-esteem, no thing. motivation. No, so this is this is like a self-love type thing. Yes. Okay, so how do we create more space for self-love? So the one thing that changed my life last year is the gratitude journal. So when you're in a place of low motivation, if you keep dwelling on that, if you're in a space of, you know, everything is wrong, focusing on things that are going wrong, focusing on parts of your body that you don't like, you're going to keep creating that same emotion. Universe doesn't, doesn't care exactly. about good or bad. It's going to give you what it's you ask. It's going to give you what you're putting out there. Okay. So I realized when I, was in, when I was stuck in those places, I started journaling and writing down five things I'm grateful for. And I made that a habit, even though it felt kind of phony at the beginning, because I'm like, no, I don't really like this part of me, and I don't like that. And then it became natural after a few days mm -hmm. of actually doing it, because you rewire your brain. And that's the thing that gives me my confidence, yeah. gives me that gratitude feeling of, wow, I do have a lot of good things in life. And then you'll see other things unfold and just the beauty of life just unfold right in front of you. Mm -hmm. So start with a gratitude journal. Gratitude what journal. you want to do is write five things you're grateful for in the morning, five things you're grateful for at night, and do it every single day for at least a month. And then check in with yourself and you're going to be like, oh, damn, mm -hmm. feeling good. Dr. Sam's about that life because she gave us gratitude journal for your birthday. You gave us gratitude journals, all of your guests. So I remember, I remember it was the most life changing thing. And I want to, I want everyone to live their best lives. And that's a way to let in, right? Because it changes yeah. the energy of like, I'm low in this low self-esteem. It's heavy. You change it by just being grateful for what's there. It's beautiful. Yes. Okay. Kurt Victor. This is a friend of mine now. Mm. This is a close friend of mine from New Jersey. Hey, what's the best way to say, Victor, what's the best <laughs> way to separate work life from home life? This is an important question because a lot of yeah. us want to make sure that we can create a space in our home to mm -hmm. like grow and be at peace and then go into work. Yeah. I think for me, since this is my friend here, I'm going to say, Kurt, like one of the best things you can do is create that ritual time. Mm -hmm. The ritual time is your home time, right? Because you create that sacred space for your rituals, but also making your home a sacred space yes. creates the, the split, right? Because you go into work, you have, you know, fluorescent lights and you got like these really boring furniture, but then you not go everyone. home. Not have everyone. Have you been to my workspace? I know, I've been, your, your workspace is lit. <laughs> no, but, but making, but it, yeah, making it a sacred space, right? Yeah. What's the lighting like? Mm -hmm. um, is it warm? Is it calling? Feng Shui, I just talked about Feng Shui in one of my last shows. Does it allow energy flow? Yeah. I think that's important. That's, that's what I'd say to that. What about you? 
Yeah, I would say the same. To separate those two things, I say it's so important how you leave your house in the morning. So for mm. me, I used to wake up right before needing to leave the house, like shower really quick, put on an outfit, put my hair up, and just go. And I was always late. I'm still working on being on time. <laughs> but... <laughs> you and I both. Yeah, I know, both of us, right? But the thing is, I realized when I... Like whether I start seeing patients at 7 a.m. or 10... I need to create time so I feel aligned with who I am and feel good about leaving my space and to the next thing, right, and to work. So a morning routine is so important and it keeps you grounded. And then when you come home, are you excited to come to your space? Mm -hmm. I notice that when I come to a space that's unorganized or whatever, yeah. you know, but then to keep that separated too, like let's say if your work is really stressful have a ritual that you do when you get home mm -hmm. that shakes off mm -hmm. the stress from work, yeah, right? That's what I was thinking. So when you like on some people on their drive home have a ritual that they listen to a certain song and they like mm -hmm. fist let pump, it out, let it out. Don't like stop I listen believing. to loud music. <laughs> you know how I am with music. Yeah. So like I do that. I listen to music or something that gives me life. Yeah. And also when I get home, maybe I jump in the shower and rinse off the day, mm -hmm. or I sit down and I. Think about three amazing things that happen. I love reflecting. I love that. And really analyzing how how did I show up today? You yeah. know? And really letting it go before you go to bed. A lot of times people come home and turn on the TV and yeah, zone out. The zombieing out. And become zombies. And then you feel drained. So check it at the door is what you're saying. Check it at the motherfucking door. I love that. <laughs> okay. Classic Coltrane. <laughs> Creating consistency with new habits is tough. How do you balance accountability? Hmm. hmm. Creating consistency with habits is tough. Okay. Um, accountability. So it's sort of like what you were talking about is like, do you have those prompts in your head of like, am I being my highest self? Yes. Right. How am I showing up? And remember that like, you need to show up as your highest self for you and no one else and, ha and starting to reflect and meditate on that. Like, it's you. It's always been you. How are you being? Mm -hmm. How are you being for you? Yeah. And I think that that starts creating accountability. I agree. Right. I think I think something great before you choose to commit to something also is sit down with yourself and ask, "Why am I doing this? What am I trying to gain from it? Mm -hmm. How will I feel if I don't do this?" How will I feel if I do do it? And then really like feel it in your body. Give yourself 30 seconds between each question and write it down. So I don't even know if you know this about me, but I was a weight loss counselor at Jenny Craig. <laughs> I have no idea. That's <laughs> <laughs> you just dropped a bomb on me. I know, right? So this is when I was like 18, 19, okay. when I was studying nutrition in undergrad. But again, I was all about the mind, even then when I had no knowledge about the mind, right? Mm -hmm. But I would sit with people. We had like 15-minute visits to check in weekly, mm -hmm. right? And But our first visit, we would fill out this form. And it was always, always about why am I trying to lose 25 pounds? Mm -hmm. Let's say that's the goal, yeah. right? And it would be really personal questions and answers of like, I want to do this because I want my joints to feel better. I want right. to run around with my kids. I want to blah, blah, blah. And every week when I would meet with the person, I would remind them, hey, wow, you did amazing this week. Or, hey, okay, you didn't. You ate all your food in one day. Mm -hmm. People would do that, by mm -hmm. the way. Because that sometimes they would forget about why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So sit with yourself, write down the why you're doing it, and write it down somewhere you can see it. So let's say if you want to change it, have a consistent change of washing your face every night, 
you want to have clear skin, that's yeah. your why, and you feel good when your skin is glowing and yeah. blah, 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 like the list that you have, look at it before you go to bed. I promise you, when you look at it, you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to wash my Hold face. Because my why, yeah, yeah it's not, if I told my sister, I'm going to wash my face every night, doesn't matter. She doesn't call me every night to check up on me. Right. Right? I love that. And even if she did call me, I'd be like, yeah, I did. Bye. Bye. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's about you and what you want. I love that. Okay. And the last question by Mr. BSX000, online resources and podcast for healing childhood trauma. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Well, um, we, uh, I think Peter Crone, as someone we know mutually, does a lot of work on childhood trauma Mm -hmm. or uh, realizing your blind spots that you've grown up with. Um, Mastin Kip, who's, uh, do you know who that is? Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's got a, he's great. He has a great page on Mm -hmm. a lot of childhood trauma stuff. Holistic psychologist. She has an amazing page. You know, man, that girl was like 10,000 when like three years ago. Now she's like 2 million she's followers. Incredible. It's insane. She's helping so many people. And I love that. And it shows yeah. how many people want that. Exactly. Um, so check her out. We're going to get her on the show. I spoke to her like earlier this year. So let's see I'm if gonna we can watch. get her on. You're going to watch. I'm going to watch. You're going to come in. <laughs> I'm going to come in and sit right there and take um, notes. <laughs> anyone else? Do you, do you know anyone? No, I think Maybe those are Maybe a little Dispenza sources. stuff that just like the current stuff that we can work on to go back to childhood. Exactly. I love Joe Dispenza's work. Trauma is a touchy subject, right? Yeah. Um, I think I've worked through my trauma with my own therapist. Mm. I love therapy and I recommend it for every single person. Mm. I think I call it my hour of self-mastery. So mm. I say like every Monday morning I have my self-mastery time with my person. Yeah. And she, and you know, I'm lucky to like that and to want that and to create space for that and to spend t- and to invest in that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's what I choose to invest my money in. Mm. I might have to cut out from certain things, but mm. I invest a lot of money in self-mastery. So if you want to, you know, I think that's a great way to go about it too. If you want one-on-one care, yeah. um, seeking out a therapist that's specialized in that, that you connect with, um, is a great way too. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Look, we just went, we covered everything. We did. What else? What other personal qu- questions can I answer? I, I don't know. I know, right? Let's do this for another three hours. But I think we've, we've, we're lost on time now because we really did a, um, we went in. But I really appreciate you coming in here as always. Uh, Thank you. This is your second show. We'll probably have you on in less than a year again, and we'll see a lot of synchronicity of what you talked about now. But really, um, all the listeners, the viewers, um, start taking those things into your life, right? Those taking yourself accountable, holding. How do we? What are we saying? What are our prompts? Um, and how are you show it for yourself? I think that's one of the most beautiful points you've made. Is like, it ain't for anyone else. It's for you. It's for us. Yeah. And let's remember that. Yeah. How do we find you? Instagram. dr.sam.nd and I'm at Remedy Place so Mm -hmm. if you're in LA and want to come visit me I am the head naturopathic doctor there Mm -hmm. so you can book visits with me Remedy Place is a bougie social (laughs) wellness club okay you you forgot to mention that so if you're if you're bougie then go to Remedy because that is the spot and I have I have yet to visit so I'm gonna go you need to come in I know we do ice baths there we have sauna IVs IVs, all the functional medicine testing so one on one visits with me love that hyperbaric chamber I mean 
It's where you go to get back in balance. So. Back in balance. I love that. Which okay. Is what we're always trying to do. And, and we'll be revealing something. Dr. Sam and I are working on some really cool project ourselves. So we'll be revealing it in uh, the near future. But thank you, Dr. Sam, for coming on the show. Thanks for having we me We all again. love you. I love you. And thank you for being in my life. <laughs> I appreciate you know, that. You know that. Yeah. Give me your hand. Okay. This is a very <laughs> special know, moment. This is a special moment. You know how I feel about your heart and how amazing you are. Thank you. And I appreciate you so much in my life. Uh, I appreciate You're you so too. Special. Thank Thank you. All right, Dr. Sam, what an amazing interview. I told you that when you have that rapport, you can just really let loose. I really hope that you got to be inspired by a lot of what she was saying and uh, some of the things that we connected with, our stories, and um, you know, really just take the tidbits or the gems, whatever works for you, and start incorporating it. I love you all. I'm really grateful that you all are spending your time listening to the show. Truly, truly, truly. Um, of course, rate, review, subscribe, support the show. Let's send this to the moon. Much love. See you next week.